Welcome to Now on Netflix. It's our official season two premiere. New year, new shows, new movies. But one thing that's the same is we've got your back. We will let you know what to look out for and hopefully give you some good insider intel. I'm Jessica Shaw from Sirius XM and my New Year's resolution every year is to force Henry Goldblatt to talk about pop culture with me as much as possible. He's the executive editor of Tadoom.com and he knows everything. Hello, Henry. Jessica, we made it to season two. Congratulations. We got picked up. We made it to season two. We've made it to season two, like little shows called ER or Friends or The Office. Like we're right Mm -hmm. in the same pantheon. We sure are. The similarities are striking. The other thing that's new for season two is my voice because I had COVID over the holidays. And the only long COVID that I ever get is laryngitis. So I sound somewhere in a Brenda Vaccaro, B. Arthur type of range. And I apologize to our listeners for that. I go to me more St. Elmo's Fire. I'll take that. Thank you. We have a lot to get to. We have a show that I'm obsessed with. We have a big art heist movie. But I want to start by thanking the Golden Globes this year for listening to our year-end wrap-up when you and I said that Beef was our number one show of the year. Sure enough, last weekend, it took home three Golden Globes in every category it was nominated in, including limited series and acting awards for Ali Wong and Steven Yeun. So, I mean, you're welcome, Golden Globe voters. Exactly. And Ali became the first actress of Asian descent to win the limited series TV movie category, which is awesome and so well deserved. If you have not seen Beef, it is not too late. Like hop aboard the Beef train and enjoy it. It is a fun romp. And for those of you who may not know what it's about, it stars Ali Wong and Steven Yeun as people who get into a road rage incident and then all the events that unfold after that and how their lives change. Oh, it's so good. And like I said, our favorite show of the year, Elizabeth Debicki was also crowned you see what i did there pause for a chuckle pause for the awkward chuckle for playing princess diana in the crown and ricky gervais's takes on political correctness won him an award for his stand-up ricky gervais armageddon that was a tough category too um he was competing against chris rock for his famous comeback show as well as amy schumer and a host of other talented people so it was exciting to see ricky gervais win there's some other news in the Netflix universe that we have to catch you up on. For starters, Liz Feldman, who created Dead to Me, which is one of my absolute favorite shows, will be back soon with a new series called No Good Deed. And it's going to star Lisa Kudrow and Ray Romano. By the way, one of my favorite moments at the Golden Globes was when Ray Romano presented with Carrie Russell of the Diplomat fame. So I love that these are going to be two people like within the Netflix universe. But the two of them were super fun together, as I'm sure he will be with Lisa Kudrow and the series is also set in Southern California and it will follow the lives of three families vying for the same Los Angeles house. This feels like a very L.A. experience, and I'm definitely here for it. Um, Lisa Kudrow and Ray Romano play husband and wife who are going to try to sell their house in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles because they're getting ready to retire, and they think like selling this house and getting rid of all their debt is going to be their path to happiness. And so then there's a whole host of characters, as you say, who are sort of vying to buy this house. It's a very specific slice of life, and I'm really looking forward to it. I love any show about real estate. I feel like, is there potential for a crossover with like a Selling Sunset agent could show up on the show? Perhaps. And also Linda Cardellini, 
who was in Dead to Me, um, is starring in this show as well. We'll also have Luke Wilson and Tiana Paris as well, all of whom are buyers for the house. I cannot wait for that. I've been waiting for Liz Feldman's next series. Another film that I'm really looking forward to is going to be a biopic about Shirley Chisholm, the former presidential candidate. What a key person in the women's movement. Obviously, she ran for president in 1972, became the first black candidate to seek a major party's nomination for president, just a pioneer and an incredible leader. And Regina King, of all people, is going to be playing Shirley Chisholm. And I absolutely cannot wait to see how she portrays her. And also the film will be written and directed by John Ridley, who's just such an incredible director. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. And you don't have to wait long to see it. It comes out on Netflix on March 22nd. And yeah, Shirley Chisholm's story is both inspiring and almost unbelievable in this political environment, yet one that like, I feel like a lot of people don't know. I'm really excited to see this film, and I'm excited to see Regina King's portrayal of her. We've seen some portrayals of Shirley Chisholm in, in various shows in pop culture before, and I just love that there's going to be a project specifically focusing on her and not part of a bigger story. So I am really looking forward to that. Okay, enough about projects that are coming up later this year. Let's talk about things that are coming out this week, starting with tomorrow, is the release of Lift. Lift is an art heist film in particular. It stars Kevin Hart as the leader of this group of thieves, and Gugu Mbatha-Ra plays Abby, who is chasing him down. She works for the government. They have a connection that I don't want to spoil. It's directed by F. Gary Gray, who did Friday and Straight Outta Compton, among many other films. What do you think, Henry? Jessica, I want to give a moment to F. Gary Gray for just a second, because not only did he direct the films you mentioned, but he directed the Italian Job, starring Mark Wahlberg and Charlize Theron. And he had directed a little video by TLC called Waterfalls, maybe with the three of them standing in water and singing all about waterfalls. So yes, I see your face. And when I came across this knowledge, my jaw was on the floor too. You know, that's like one of the great videos of all time. Of all time, yes. Don't sleep on the Italian job or Fate of the Furious or any of those movies that made a bazillion dollars and have like, you know, crazy car chases and and all these just big productions and everything. But yeah, that's one of the great videos of all time. This movie is a really fun romp. I love the chemistry between Kevin Hart and Gugu and Batha Ra. She plays an Interpol agent as you said, and he plays sort of a Robin Hood type art thief, like he only steals art from people who aren't deserving of it. And so they come together and they have to take down a really bad guy. I think their chemistry is super electric. There's some scenes on a plane that are just really, really fun and like some awesome fight scenes. This movie like went by like that for me, Jessica. It was a very, very quick hour and 40 minutes. I agree with you completely. It felt very Oceans to me, like the Oceans movies. This group, and they all work together. They all have their area of expertise, but they're a team, and they're trying to hide from Interpol, but they're also trying to hide from the bad guy or get the bad guy. It's just a really fun, action-filled movie. And for those of you who are fans of Kevin Hart, this is the role you want to see him in. His charisma like exudes and drips off screen. He's super funny. He's super quippy. He can do an action sequence. 
I didn't quite remember him as such an action star. And to be able to see him like that was pretty terrific, too. And there's a whole cadre of Netflix movies, Jessica, that end with maybe there's a sequel or maybe there's not. And this one falls squarely in that camp. Oh, I think there absolutely will be a sequel. Maybe by the time the sequel comes out, I'll understand what an NFT is because the entire opening sequence, which is really one of the more thrilling opening sequences I've ever seen in an action film like this. You kind of have to know what an NFT is, but if you're someone like me, you still enjoy it. Does anyone understand what an NFT is, Henry? I feel like you need to live in Silicon Valley, be between the ages of 28 and 33, and have a lot of money, and then you know what an NFT is. Like, And I'm not any of those demographics. Fair. Another thing I loved about this movie was the locations that they shot in. I mean, there's like a major thing that goes on on the canals in Venice. There's something on a yacht. There's a very, very, very long sequence that happens in an airplane that is so much fun to watch. I really enjoyed the eye candy of it all. Oh, completely. And Jessica, speaking of tech bros, there's a minor character in this movie who is a tech bro. And for reasons we won't spoil, Kevin Hart and Gugu Mbatha-Ra end up on his plane. And it is all tricked out in such weird and sort of disgusting ways. But like the way that they take advantage of all the technology that's on this plane is kind of interesting. It was just a visual feast. Henry, as you said, this is a film that really looks like it could be a sequel. Can you see this becoming a franchise? Oh my God, yes. I see like Lift 7, Lift 8, 100%. I definitely see this becoming a franchise. The film is Lift. It is out tomorrow. Another show that I am absolutely obsessed with already, the first four episodes of which are out now and then new batches will air weekly for the next three weeks is called The Trust, colon, A Game of Greed. Henry, tell us what this is about. There is a trope with some reality shows and some reality shows on Netflix, for sure, where people come to a mansion and they have no idea why they're there. And this happened with a show we talked about a few months ago, Surviving Paradise, where people had to either be in the mansion or voted out into the wilderness and survive there. So like they all arrive here. They don't know why they're there. And they are competing for a share of a quarter of a million dollars. And the hitch here is you don't have to vote anyone out. Like you can just say, you know what? All 11 of us are going to split this quarter million dollars and we're all going to make it to the end. But there are seeds of doubt that are sown throughout the series. And so people do get voted out. And at the end, you'll see how many people are left to share the quarter million dollars. It's a very interesting concept. And of course, when you have this opportunity and there are contestants in the show who are like, let's not ever vote anyone out. We walk away with a decent chunk of cash if we all just stay in this, enjoy our time on the show, and you know, we'll all split the trust. And then there are other people who are like, um, that makes no sense. I didn't come all this way to just take home whatever it would be, 15, 20 grand. I want more than that. And as you're watching, of course, you're thinking, what would I do? So Henry, what would you do? So, Jessica, I would probably form an alliance like of three or four people. And I actually want to single out a couple of the contestants that I think I would form the alliance with. There is Brian, who is a rancher. And when I say he's a rancher, he is every stereotype of a rancher that you can imagine. Always wearing a hat, taking the hat off to greet anybody. It's like producers told him, like, play up this personality. And he's doing it to a T. There's a guy named Gaspar who is a teacher in New York and has 
either three kids or 100 kids. It's unclear how many kids he has. Just such a sweet guy and so kind-hearted, and I really appreciated him. And then there's a woman named Tolu, who is kind of the star of the show, and impeccably dressed, very clear-headed about wanting the money and why she's there, and also unfortunately has to school many of the contestants about microaggressions, which is unfortunate and not necessarily something you want to watch in this show. She's amazing and a star. So those are the three people that I would form the alliance with. I will say, so there's one contestant named Jewels who makes a very tactical error. And Jessica, we're fans of reality. We've seen this a hundred times before on Survivor and other places where he's a police officer in real life and doesn't want to tell people as a police officer. So you may make up another career, like I'm a marketing manager, just a career that people won't ask a lot of questions about. Instead, he says he's a stripper, draws all the attention to him imaginable, and people don't trust him as a result of being a stripper. And he would have been better off saying he was a police officer. Oh, 100%. And he also unbuttons his shirt. All the way down to his belly button. And God bless me as a body that could pass for a stripper. So good for him. Yes. So congratulations to him. There are so many tactical errors made by one contestant named Bryce, who is this 22-year-old realtor who basically shows up with designer everything, designer shoes, says he has a watch that he thinks probably cost a couple hundred thousand dollars. And as I'm watching it, I just want to say, oh my gosh, no. Make the opposite of every choice you're making. 100% agree. He's a braggart and, yes, has designer everything all over himself. And that's not the best strategy for this game either. No. I will tell you another person I would 100% want to align with, and that is Jay. Mama Jay is just goals. I aspire to be Mama Jay. She kind of hates everyone and is basically, when they're all sitting around talking, she's like, I'm going to go back to my room and knit. And she's super interested in whales. For some reason, all she wants to do is watch to see if a whale's going to breach. And you know, I love that. She enjoys nature. And she says it like she sees it. She is not diplomatic. She is not polished about her opinions. She just goes in and she's so much fun to watch. She doesn't give two Fs. And correct me if I'm wrong, Jessica, has she been married like three times? Yes. So she's gone through husbands. She's seen life. She wants to knit and watch whales. And God bless her. Those are life goals. As with any reality show, I feel like there's always some budding romance that happens. And there is possibly one. We'll see how this season progresses. Like I said, the first four episodes of The Trust are out now. So you can see the seeds of this romance between Jake and Julie. And I'm curious, I don't know, do you think that reality show couples ever stay couples? I think Trista from season one of The Bachelorette may have some answers to those questions. Jessica, sidebar, I'm sure you watched The Golden Bachelor Wedding, but Trista and her husband, Ryan, who've been married 20 years and were the first Bachelorette couple, were there. So I think that she may feel differently. I don't see a future for Julie and Jake, however. I feel like this has showmance written all over it. Yes, I agree. We'll see where they end the season. But yes, I don't know that that's something that's going to extend beyond the trust. But who knows? I love love. I want to be proven wrong. Julie and Jake, you do your thing. Sometimes I watch a new reality show and it's so exciting when you can see the contestants working it out in real time almost of what is the best way to handle this. Like if you go back to season one of Survivor, it was a very different kind of gameplay than it is now in season, what, 878. Because they didn't know, they didn't have the advantage of being able to watch how other players had decided to play the 
game and the mistakes they made or maybe the good decisions that they made. So there's something very interesting to me about watching the first season of a reality show. Do you think that there are lessons that people will learn for subsequent seasons should those arrive? A hundred percent. And Jessica, I actually single out Squid Game The Challenge, which we have talked a lot about on this show, um, as one that I was so excited to watch because the contestants were playing it for the first time. They didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what the challenges were going to be. They didn't know how aggressively they should stab somebody in the back or what type of alliances they should build. And I thought that was super exciting to watch. And I saw seeds of this here, too, where people didn't know how honest they should be, whether everyone should just hold hands, all 11 of them, and march to the finale and say, we'll each split the money, you know, 11 ways and get 20,000 bucks, or how greedy they should be. And yeah, it was really fun to watch the wheels turn. Also, it's so interesting when you think about what the prize money is. For Squid Game The Challenge, it was a massive financial windfall. Huge. I mean, 100%, you never have to work again. For this, I mean, you're Best case scenario is a quarter of a million dollars, which is wonderful. But if you split it even with a handful of people, that amount is going down. As I was watching it, I thought that actually makes it a lot more complex because it's not life-changing money. You might have to have a job at some point. You might have to be a cop or a stripper, you know, at some point after the show ends, even if you win a percentage of it. And I don't know. I think there's an interesting psychological element to that. I agree. And I wonder if it's in the back of their mind thinking, well, half of this is going to be taken in taxes anyway. So if I'm like splitting it with 10 people, I get $25,000 and then half of that is gone in taxes. So I have a little over $10,000 and I'm not saying that's a lot of money and like great, but it's not life changing money. What do you think of Brooke Baldwin, former CNN correspondent? I was into her as a host. I'm very into her as a host. I'd like to see her host some more things. I thought she was friendly, supportive, asked the right questions when she needed to. Everything I wanted in a host, she embodied. Yeah, 100%. And she never got too close to, I'm trying to be your best friend. If there was drama, she was like, oh, I'm going to ask you about that pretty much immediately. And she seemed like she was enjoying herself. Yes. Come back. Come back, Brooke. The Trust, A Game of Greed. The first four episodes are out now. You can binge those. And then there will be new batches that air weekly over the next three weeks. Henry, there's a few other things that are out now that we have to mention. The Brother's Son, created by Brad Falchuk, of course, from Glee and American Horror Story and Pose. And that stars Michelle Yeoh. And come on, I mean, everything with Michelle Yeoh, you should see. And it's about this head of this powerful Taiwanese triad who's shot by a mysterious assassin. And there's a lot of family drama. So you might want to check out The Brother's Son. And also Good Grief, which is from Dan Levy of Schitt's Creek Fame. He wrote and directed this and he plays this guy who, gosh, I don't want to spoil too much, even though it happens in the first 10 minutes. Let's just say he has this wonderful, seemingly perfect husband and it seems that everything will go happily ever after. Perfect husband, great friends. It doesn't go that way. Jessica, the thing I liked about this movie was the supporting cast. Um, Ruth Nega um, as one of his best friends, Sophie, and Hamish Patel as Thomas. I thought they were terrific. And this is a movie about grief, as the title indicates. And it was nice to see an LGBTQ movie about grief that doesn't revolve around HIV and AIDS. Um, So I appreciated that as well. Just a different take on grief. Absolutely. Totally agree. Also, look out for Luke Evans, who plays the seemingly perfect husband. Super good in this. (laughs) 
That's going to do it for us this week. The Trust, The Brother's Son, and Good Grief are out now. Lift, the Kevin Hart movie, is out tomorrow. New episodes of Now on Netflix are released every Thursday. And next week, Henry and I are going to be doing a January reality roundup. So don't miss our exclusive previews of American Nightmare, Love on the Spectrum, and Queer Eye. Henry, happy season two, episode one. Happy season two, Jessica. Follow now on Netflix for more, available wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week. 